I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. And joining me today is Jeff J. Herman, editor-in-chief of Lawn Starter. And he and I are going to be talking about 2021's best biking cities in America. If you're among the 50% of the U.S. population planning to ride a bicycle more post-pandemic, you'll want to know the best biking cities in America. To mark World Bicycle Day, uh, which was on June 3rd, Lawn Starter ranked the 200 biggest U.S. cities based on 18 key indicators of a bike-friendly lifestyle. Among the factors considered are the length of bike lanes, the share of workers who bike to work, and access to bike stores and repair shops. However, also taking into account the air quality, weather, and availability of biking clubs in each city. Cities that dominate the top rankings include San Francisco, uh, Portland, Oregon, Fort Collins, Colorado, while it seems the southern states do not fare so well, with Newport News, Virginia, Jackson, Mississippi, and Baton Rouge, Louisiana at the bottom of the list. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Nice to have you here. Glad to be here, Catherine. So, this question is, like, editor-in-chief of Lawn Starter, how does that sort of meld with uh, your interest in biking and ranking the biking cities across the country? Um, I I know I've read about you. You're an innovator. You do all different kinds of things. You've written for the New York Times, uh, a whole myriad of stuff. But anyway, okay, so how does that, what piqued your interest? Are you a big bicyclist? Well, when the pandemic hit, everybody was looking for things to do, and I was one of those people, and I tried to find a bicycle, and every time I went to a store, Walmart, Target, or Dick's, or Sports Authority, nobody had bicycles. So this is one of those things where you figure out what's going on, why is this happening, and then you realize that it's a great way to exercise, and that's why everybody was having a difficult time finding bikes. So then we try to figure out, so what's the data behind this? And if you were looking for the best bicycle cities in America, where would you go and how would we be able to document that with statistics? So we sent that to our data team and, you know, we're all working from home. So we don't really have those water cooler moments where we all huddle around the water cooler and talk about fun things and figure out how we can make them all happen. But this is a water cooler topic that actually we were able to mine the data for and be able to come up with the best cities for biking in America. Let's talk about how you came up with that data, because there are a lot, as you say, there's there's weather, there's safety. Uh, you, you rank them on all different, um, I guess, di- different qualities in terms of how, how good the biking is in each one of the cities. So let's, should we start with the best, but first start with, okay, you have San Francisco as number one uh, in best biking cities in America, Right. That is correct. And San Francisco has bike lanes. It's bike friendly, although I don't really want to be biking up all those hills or on Knob Hill and that sort of thing. But uh, as far as biker friendliness, San Francisco is number one. Portland also is very bicycle friendly. We looked at the number of bicycle lanes, the length of those bicycle lanes, and the safety accidents for bicycle riders, and just the biking clubs that were there. So if you wanted to go biking with friends or like-minded bikers, you can do that too. So we were trying to figure out also if you're on the road, you want to make sure that it's not bumpy. You want to have smooth roads. Roads are in good condition. So we looked at the roads that were in good condition across the country too. So trying to figure out, so what's, what's the best, safest place, bike clubs, bike tours, share of workers who bike to work, bike shops for 100,000 residents, bike rental facilities per 100,000 residents, 
availability of bike sharing programs, number of bike trails, miles of bike lanes per square mile. That's all factored into this. And, of course, the weather depends on where you're at. San Francisco has really terrific weather. Uh, Florida has really terrific weather. Texas has great weather. Some of these places you would love to ride your bike to work, but you don't want to do it in the cold and ice. Okay, well, let's talk about infrastructure then, because, uh, no, actually, I want to talk about climate, because right now, aren't there fires burning in Portland, Oregon? Now, how does that fit in terms of riding your bicycle? Right, I wouldn't be riding my bicycle outside, I wouldn't be walking outside in Portland, Oregon, or those areas out there right now. You have to always be mindful what's going on in your area, and whether it's safe or whether it's not, you just want to figure out a way that's going to work best for you. I'd I'd park my bike and take the car to work if I was living in Portland these days just because it's the safest thing to do. But in general, where it's a beautiful climate and it's nice weather, whatever time of year when it's nice weather, if you can get outside, particularly now, the pandemic's not over, exercising outside on a bicycle is just a really great thing to do that's safe. Yeah. Every physician that I've interviewed on this show is in agreement with you. Get outside, walking, biking, really important. So I'm not surprised that there weren't any bikes left at the bike shop. What are the demographics, though? Who is riding their bikes? The demographics vary. It seems like more people with adults are getting to and from work and also taking those quick trips to the grocery store and back. If you have a basket, if you have a backpack, it's easy to be able to get what you need and get home. It saves gas. It gets you your exercise, and it gets you the quick grocery run that you need to do and saves on any sort of delivery service of food or groceries along the way. So you get exercise, you get what you need, you come back home, and it's a little bit easier to do. Demographics, kids are they're riding more, but it seems that we're finding more during the pandemic that it's more adults that are trying to get out on their bikes Kids, I think, are a little bit more pandemic. Uh, without without having a vaccine, they're staying a little closer to home still. Yeah. So, what about safety? Because I know you've got new. Uh, we're in, I'm in New York. So, how does New York fit into this mix in terms of safety? Uh, new York is a little bit more dangerous just because there's so many taxis, so many things going around, and fast-paced hustle, hustle, hustle. You have bike lanes, but you also have a little bit more of a danger factor. And in some cases, in some cities, we found that the bike scores paralleled the walking scores. So Orlando, Florida is a great place to visit, but you wouldn't want to ride a bike there because there's not a whole lot of bike lanes for you. And there's a lot of accidents with pedestrians and bicycles in Florida. So, again, it's always best to realize where you're at and to be safe when you're biking. Wear the helmet. Make sure you've got bicycle shorts that are comfortable um, because you're going to be on your bike for a while. You want to avoid any sort of uh, pain later on. So some people use it for recreation. They're riding their bikes. But you're saying other people are using it for business, actually, for going to work and going back and forth, which obviously is great in terms of uh, uh, climate and, and not, uh, you, you know, not riding in a car. But you, you sort of you get the benefits, your own benefits physically, but also for the planet as well, which is a good thing. Um, and so what do you think? I mean, you've, having done all this research, do you think we're going to be more of a biking community? I know in the Netherlands, I think, is the number one biking country in the world. Are we ever going to get to that point? <laughs> I, don't th- I, I don't think we'll ever get to that point because we're so married to our cars. We love our cars. We love our SUVs. We love getting around that way. But it sure beats being able to get in a car, have to worry about all the traffic with other people. 
You get on your bike and you ride. If you don't have far to go to work, ride to work, ride home. It's better for the environment. It's better for you. Um, the only thing is I used to work at the Indianapolis newspaper, and if I would bike to work, it was a good thing that they had showers there. Because if I'm biking 10 miles to work, nobody's going to want to sit next to me. So <laughs> it's nice to make sure that if you're biking to work, that there's some way to clean up so that when we do work back in the office with everybody that, you know, you're not ostracized because you've been biking to work. Well, that should have been part of your research, shouldn't it? I mean, like including that and in, really including that as part of it if you're biking to work, because that's really important. I've had many, uh, you know, I've had a couple of people say the same thing to me. You know, I would bike to work, but then I can't shower. And as you said, no one wants to get near me. So, you know, that's not a good thing. So, um, yeah, you got to know it's, this. It's, yeah. It's just one of those things you just have to do a little bit of research for because at the Weaver facility where I worked at my last employer, they had a gym. So you could shower in that gym too. So as much as possible, just do the research so that, you know, it's a great way to clear your head before you get to work and also organize for the day. So when you leave and you're biking, that gives you a chance to relax and calm down. It's a great way to bookend your day with a bike ride as opposed to, you know, the traffic of an interstate. Yeah, the traffic and sitting in traffic, by the time you get to work, you're so frustrated and angry and, and uh, uh, you're in a, you start off the day not in a good state, right? This is just the opposite. You start off with a clear head and, and, and feeling good about yourself, both, I think, physically and mentally. Okay, we've been talking about the good, you know, all the, 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 the good stuff that happens when you ride your bike, but now you've got the 2021's worst biking cities in Alabama. Let's take some of those and why they are the worst biking cities and what can these states maybe do about it, if anything, to improve. The most important thing is to recognize that people are riding their bikes more and that they need to have bike lanes so that when they're biking, they can be safe. That's the most important thing. So when you look at uh, uh, the most bike-related fatalities, Baton Rouge is second from the bottom there. So be safe. You have to make sure that you have people who are able to be safe when they're riding their bike. That starts with bike lanes. That starts with having biking clubs. That starts with having roads that are not in need of being repaved. It just needs to have a focus on a bike-minded community, and what do they need to be able to serve them a little bit more? Because that's how you grow this. That's how you make a bigger impact on your community. And younger people, they like to bike to work. So if you're trying to lure millennials and younger people to tech jobs, they want some sort of an option like this, and they want a place that's conducive to this. So cities that are at the bottom of the list, if they wake up a little bit about what they can do with infrastructure and how they can be more friendly to bicyclists, that would probably help them to lure people to their cities to work and live. Yeah. Does that usually come up when they're talking about infrastructure and and money? And uh, does biking come into play with our politicians? And it really depends on the city. And I guess the most important thing is when you find a politician who bikes, then all of a sudden you find an advocate. So, you know, if you find the advocate, that's going to help to make things a whole lot more friendly for your community. Also, and of course, I'm in the north and the northeast, so when I look at these cities, they're all southern cities, and I think of hot. It's too hot to bike. I mean, how could you? I'd rather be biking in Boston where it's freezing (laughs) than biking where it's 100 degrees in Montgomery, Alabama. So um, I don't know how you reconcile that, but... um, 
I think you just want to make tough. sure that you have you have to make sure you have plenty of water with you. You've got to have your canteen. You've got to have your water bottle, whatever you need to stay hydrated. And don't go on those really, really long hikes, bike rides. Go on a shorter bike ride. 30 minutes will burn 297 calories for a person who's 155 pounds. So go on a 30-minute bike ride in, in a warmer climate. You can still do that. You can come home. You can shower. It works great. But I don't think I'd really go on a three-hour bike ride if I was in a place where it was going to be 100 degrees or so. Um, maybe wait till it's a little bit cooler or, or, or fall, wintertime, when it's less, less of a problem for uh, a chance of heat stroke on my bike. And something you we consider, one of our experts said that one of the things we all should do is make sure we know how to change a bike tire because in the event that you are on one of those bike rides and you're away from home, if you know how to take care of your bike, that's going to be a whole lot better than just sitting there inconveniently waiting for somebody to get to you to help you out. So just a little preparation helps a lot. Oh, so you have to learn how to, yeah, I, I, actually I didn't think about that. I would just like call the guy and <laughs> need help. <laughs> But <laughs> for it to change my tires, but is that difficult to do? Um, it's not, it, it's not yeah. very difficult to do, but just knowing how to do it really helps because there's no AAA for bicyclists. So, you know, if you don't have somebody who can come out and help you in, a, in an issue like this, then, you know, it's, it's nice to be prepared. Think Boy Scouts, be prepared. How can I take care of this myself if I can't find somebody who can get there for me? So comparing bike bike riders, let's say to motorcycle riders, how you know motorcycles more dangerous or biking, or it just depends on the city or the state that you're from. It just depends on the city or the state that you're from, but that actually brings up something that's lawn care related, and that is particularly with bicyclists and motorcyclists, all of those grass clippings keep them out of the road, keep them out of the bike lanes. The reason for this is that a motorcyclist or a bicyclist can slide on your grass clippings. A bicyclist isn't going, you know, 40 miles per hour or 50 miles per hour or higher like you do on a highway. But motorcyclists have died because of grass clippings on the road. So always, always, always keep your grass clippings out of the roadway because it could cost someone his life. All right, you. Uh, we only we don't have that much time left, so I want to get into kind of your history because it's really interesting. Besides bicycling, and you are, as I mentioned in the beginning, an innovator. You've done all sorts of things, which uh, you know. You started out. You have lawn business. You you wrote for the New York worked at the New York Times. What did you do at the New York Times? They moved a whole bunch of editors from across the country to the editing center in Gainesville, Florida. So once the newspaper is published, then it goes across the world into 35 different international editions. Those are all produced in Gainesville, Florida. There's also all those stories that go out over a wire service, the New York Times News Service. That also goes out of Florida at Gainesville. And then you have the photos and the graphics that goes with that. Those are all packaged and sent from Gainesville, Florida. And the last thing, if you're on a cruise ship, which many of us aren't right now, uh, then you get a 8 by 10 version of the New York Times that's called the Facts New York Times. So you can know what's going on every single day while you're on the cruise, and you get it delivered to you that way. Apparently, the Vatican, whether the Pope is absolutely a subscriber or not to the Facts New York Times, we don't know. Yeah. But the Vatican was a subscriber to that, too. Okay, and then you have, uh, most recently, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at your bio, I'm amazed at all the different kinds of things that you do and how you segue 
from one to the next. I want to ask you about that, but all about vision.com. What, what is that all about? Because you've been uh, recently involved in that company. All About Vision is the WebMD for eyes. If you have any sort of eye issue, myopia or glaucoma or diabetic retinopathy, that's where you'll find what it's all about, how to, take, how to treat it, and what causes it, and you know, where you can find a doctor who can help you with what's going on. If you need eyeglasses, they can help with that too. But it's more than anything else. It's an informational website that has all the answers to all your questions about vision because without your eyes... Most of us can't do anything. So, okay, all about vision. Now, all about lawn care. That's what I have the most difficulty with. I, I, I try to get somebody to do lawn care, and they never show up. So that's my, <laughs> my problem. Um, maybe it's something about me and not the lawn care people. I don't know. Something that works with these lawn care services like Lawn Starter is that when you have an appointment and they are scheduled to show up, they are almost always there unless it's raining and they have to reschedule. So it's not like, you know, you're dealing with somebody who's just in the neighborhood who might not be able to meet exactly when you need to be there. They will be there. So that's actually a really good thing. And the side story to how I got here is my boss at creditcards.com was at Lawn Starter. He asked me to join them, and three weeks in, he announced he was retiring. So all of a sudden, I'm at Lawn Starter, and my boss, who I looked forward to working with, was no longer here. So I've loved everything. I've learned so much about lawn care, and it is just the coolest place with the coolest people. It's an all-remote company, so you can live anywhere in the country. So I live in Dallas. They're based in Austin, and we've got team members. Some of the people who worked on the data are actually uh, outside the U.S. because they're really, really, really good. Uh, well, you're amazing. I mean, in terms of, you know, what gives you that? You just sort of, I guess I'm assuming you're a risk taker, right? Because you, you, you get totally involved in, in one, one business and then the next business, and then you go on to I'm going to ask you what you are going to do next after this. Um, you just have to be prepared for whatever is coming and know that when you throw yourself into a topic, you'll learn everything about it. And that helps the reader because I'm somebody who's new to eye care. I was somebody who's new to lawn care. So that ensures that I make it simple and clear for the reader so they know how to take care of their lawn. They know how to apply the fertilizer. They know what you need with a pre-emergent herbicide versus a post-emergent herbicide. It just helps to have somebody who's actually new, who's thinking like somebody who's trying to do this for the first time, makes it simple and clear. So COVID, how has that changed you and and your your perspective in terms of what you do and how you do it? In, In lawn care, it hasn't changed a whole lot because the crews are outside, which is much more safe. Um, they don't have a whole lot of interaction with the customer because it's all app-based. So, you know, they don't have a whole lot of, you know, showing up at the door, which actually is another thing that's safe. But a lot of lawn care employees, a lot of lawn care crew members, they already wear masks only because it helps to keep the grass shavings out of their face and, you know, it helps to keep them from, you know, grass allergies. And as we had with one of our previous stories, um, if dog owners don't pick up after their dogs, you could have dog stuff flying in your face with a weed whacker. So, you know, it helps to have protection for your face as a lawn crew member for, you know, allergies, grass shavings, and anything else that might be swept up from the lawn. And it also helps for COVID too. 
Yeah, for both. So it works for both ways. Um, all right. So do we? Ha- I mean, I mentioned a couple of the websites, but do I have all the websites that? Because uh, there's so much. Inf- you have a lot of information, obviously, on the biking, the best biking cities and the worst biking cities in our, in this country, but also. Lawn Starter, and a couple other things that you mentioned. So give us some of these websites that we can follow you. Sure. Uh, LawnStarter.com. That's where I'm at currently, and I love working here. And the study stories are all in a group, so search for LawnStarter.com and studies, and you'll come up with all the study stories we've worked on. There's probably one that's of interest to just about anyone out there. And All About Vision is just all about eyes. So AllAboutVision.com, if you have any sort of vision issues, you'll find the answers you're looking for there. And that the New York Times, of course, everyone knows how to find that. So it's just more than anything else, I try and make sure that people are educated, they're smarter for having read what's on any website where I've worked. That's great. Well, keep up the good work. I I love it. I love that you're doing all these kinds of things. But, uh, yeah, I'm really the best biking cities in America. I like that, and uh, maybe I'll get on. A, I, I'm more of a walker, but I do have a bike, so, you know, after talking to you, maybe I'll get on my bike and get out there. And let me leave you with a laugh, if that's okay, and that is, yeah. as we come back to normalcy here, there are some annual events that are biking-related, and the World Naked Biking Day is oh, coming up with all the cities. Portland is, I guess, in August, Orlando is in August. There's several cities that have theirs in August, and then there's some in September. So I don't know, you know, who knows what COVID will bring us in, you know, the next several weeks. But assuming that things stay pretty much the same, all of these naked biking nights will be on tap. And my guess is that, sure, you might bike naked, but you'll probably wear a mask this year just for safety. Could that be painful to be riding naked? (laughs) You know, I yeah, I would think so. So it's one of those things that you know I'm probably not definitely going to be doing. Uh, but you know, it, it does draw a crowd. When I was back in St. Louis, I was surprised to find out that there were a number of people who did that. Not me, but you know, yeah. it's it's apparently a trendy thing for people who are into that. Well, great. I could be a, definitely a spectator. Believe me, that would be great. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd get on the bike naked. But anyway, Jeff, thanks yeah. so much for being on the show today. It was great to have you. Jeff J. Herman, Best Biking Cities in America 2021, amongst other things. Thank you. Thanks so much. Have a great day, Catherine. Bye-bye. You too. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 